It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And summer is in session. That's right, school is let out. People are getting ready for their summer vacations and so much more to make those memories, make the magic, and make it all happen. And this week for show number 213, for the week of June 14th, 2018, we're taking that trip down Main Street, USA. Maybe listening to the drums in Adventureland, heading on over into Fantasyland, and so much more because we have none other than Dan Cockerell stopping in here at the show. Now, Dan is the former vice president of the Magic Kingdom. Yes, the one park that we all love to go to. It's the one that we go to first. It's the one that we attend last every time we're at the Walt Disney World Resort. And Dan's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. What it was like being the vice president of one of the most famous theme parks throughout the world. What it's like walking down Main Street, USA, seeing Cinderella's Castle, and many other things like that, including his favorite foods and some of my press questions. Will we ever see a day when the crane is not going to be in the way? What about the Tron light cycle coming to Tomorrowland and why did Disney give up on Tron? We're also going to talk about what's going to happen with Frontierland and will there ever be a nighttime parade once again and what it's like filming all of those wonderful TV specials and many other things. Yes, we are going to pick Dan's brain and he's going to stop in, share that and including what he's doing now and what's he doing in the future since he has stepped down as the vice president of the Magic Kingdom. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team, and some of the D-Team is off because, yes, Summer Vacation jumped into action, but we do have team here for you. You have the questions, he always has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We also have Dominic back with the short leash to give you those tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and short on money. Let's not forget Chaz. Yes, Charles is stopping in once again this week with the Hollywood Walk, with a little bit more about our very special guest, the one and only Dan Cockrell stopping in here this week and let's not forget Frank. Frank is going to give us that wit, that inspiration, that thing that's going to bring a smile to your face with this week's Disney quote of the week. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire and all kinds of fun. So before we officially kick off into summer, summer vacation and all the great things that this summer is going to bring to all of you D-Heads out there, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel and Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, character interactions, fast passes, you name it. They're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They also have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. They're going to take care of you and treat you like that little brother, little sister, or friendly uncle that you have. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, as I've already mentioned, summer is in session. It is going to be a fun time, fun romp, and so much more. So when I think of summer, I think of going down to the Walt Disney World Resort, heading off into that swimming hole, and making some good old-fashioned Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn memories. So let's kick off show number 213 for the week of June 14th, 2018, how else? By heading off to River Country. Be right back, all VD heads. 
Center. It's Captain EO in 3D. The exciting Body Wars ride. The fury of the Maelstrom. And now, the Disney MGM Studios theme park with Star Tour. The Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. And the Muppets. The Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. What a year to be here. Hi, this is Bruce Boxleitner. You may know me as Tron. Right now, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Spokesman. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to my home state. And that's Florida. Welcome to Florida. Enjoy your stay. Welcome to Florida. Everything is okay. Welcome to Out your seat, we got some things to see. Move your body to the beat. Everything's alright, just follow me. I can be your tour guide. Nothing but sunny skies. I'll take you on a ride. Yeah, so many things to see. We can start on Main Street. This place is crazy. Simply put, amazing. Cinderella's castle, Fantasyland is after. This is our storybook, and it's time for a brand new ch ch chapter. It's like a fairy tale, cause we do it so very well. I got the magic in me, it's time for show and tell. I'm in Tomorrowland, a talking 
fucking trash can I'm on that Buzz Lightyear I'm on Space Mountain People move a carousel Moving to Adventureland Jungle Cruise, Tiki Room Pirates of the Caribbean Me and you, we gon' have a good time So fast pass and relax While we pass through the line Welcome to Florida Enjoy your stay Welcome to Florida Everything is okay Welcome to Welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 213 for the week of June 14th, 2018, as we have officially jumped into summer. Yes, that summer vacation, that time when we're going to hit the open road, go on vacation, make those summer memories, and maybe for some of you parents, your kids are going to just drive you insane. It is also Father's Day weekend, so of course, happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there, all of you D-heads that are fathers definitely make the memories this weekend. I know being a father of four, I am looking forward to just making those memories and hanging out with all of them. I know sometimes everybody wants to be left alone, go to the golf course, things like that. You know what? I'm one of those few people I enjoy being a father and being around my kids. I'm looking forward to cheesy presents and just hanging out and all those kind of fun bonding times. So we are into summer. That's right. We are here. Summer vacation has kicked off. And when I think of summer and summer vacations, I think of all those times heading down to the Magic Kingdom at the Walt Disney World Resort. I love the Magic Kingdom. It is my favorite of all the parks down there. And this week we have Dan Cockrell stopping in. Yes, the former vice president of the Magic Kingdom. Yes, he has seen everything from Main Street USA, his favorite treats, uh, you know, wedding proposals in front of Cinderella's castle, you name it. And we are going to be talking with Dan as he's going to be stopping in here this week and helping us kick off summer Disney World style. And he's going to talk about what it was like being a vice president at this park. And of course, we have many other questions lined up for him, like Tron Light Cycle, Frontierland, as well as many other things, including a nighttime parade once again. So, Dan, get ready. It's going to be a fun chat. We also have the D team here and all kinds of things. So before I jump into this week's show and start rambling a little bit more, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash dizradioshow. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And maybe you're looking for that little bit of mental health. Maybe you're looking to become a runner, a martial artist, play baseball, walk the dog, or just learn how to eat healthy or just, like I said, mental health. You can do it all with the Disney flair by joining the Diz Ninjas. Yes, we have a nice health group put together for all of you D-heads out there and all you have to do is go to facebook search diz ninjas d-i-z-n-i-n-j-a-s and join us to get fully fit fully healthy and so much more you can also connect up with us all over twitter instagram pinterest and many other places just search disney on demand 
Disney Blue, or Diz Radio. And as I always say every single week, yes, if you want to stay connected instantly, yes, it is super simple. Go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and you can search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. Hit search, find our show, subscribe, and get the latest shows as they get released on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, your tablet. You can listen to it in your cubicle at work, blast it in your car, share it with your children, and enjoy the shows as soon as they get released. And that's on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And if you can't remember any of these links, you're just like, blah, 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 listen to this guy chat. All you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. So, all of you D-heads, I know the last couple of shows, we haven't really brought you much news. I mean, there's been news on the horizon, many other things, and you know what? This week, I'm not bringing you news. You know why? For two reasons. One, it's Father's Day. Last thing you want is news, hearing me go ramble on and on and on and on. You just want to have some fun time, listen to the D-team, and of course, our special guest, and so much more. And two, with Dan stopping in, former vice president of the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, Yes, this is somebody who I want to pick his brain, and I want to allot as much time as I can to talk about a variety of different subjects. Once again, Dan, take note of this because you don't know what you're in for. So there's a lot of good things there. So I'm just going to take a moment here just to say, yes, we are back to weekly shows. It is going to be fun. We have a great summer lined up with all kinds of new guests and things, including a fantastic contest. Stay tuned to find out more about the contest details and many other things. You are truly going to enjoy it. And uh, we got some great prizes that we're going to be giving away to you as well. So it is going to be a fun summer. So with that, I'm wrapping it up. It was that easy, that simple, no news. But yes, next week, we will have news. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, fast passes, you name it. They're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. They are award-winning, and they are going to help you every step of the way. Definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all of you D-heads, we have a lot of fun things on the horizon. Dan Cockrell is going to be stopping in here very shortly. We have the D-team, Aaron stopping in with I Want to Know. We have Dominic with the short leash. We have Frank with Disney's Quote of the Week. And let's not forget Charles with the Hollywood Walk. So, we have a lot of fun things. Things coming from the D-Team and so much more. So, since it is summertime, since we're getting ready, we can always think about the Magic Kingdom, think about Walt Disney World. So let's press on for show number 213 for the week of June 14th, 2018. The Magic of Walt Disney Something magical about a parade Little kids and pink lemonade Grown-ups having the best time of their lives There's magic in other things you can do And when you're done and you think you are through You turn around and then there's more than you ever dreamed of The magic of Disney 
siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready to put on the show. As is my good friend, Fritz. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. Ole, ole, it's show time. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing, bird and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room, welcome to a tropical hideaway. You lucky people, you. If we weren't in the show starting right away, hey! the, the hey! Stop the music! Are you listening to me? I said, stop the music! What is that? I'm gonna toss my kraken, and these people below me, they ain't gonna like that. Trust me. Iago? Well, look what the cat dragged in. Zero. That's Zazu. Be forewarned, Iago. You cannot toy with the enchanted tiki room. What are you squawking about? Pardonnez-moi, Monsieur Iago, but I am afraid that your friend is right. He's not my friend. Well. Obviously, you birds don't know who we are. Don't you guys ever fly to the movies? We don't get out much. We oui, oui. uh, We are, uh, how do you say, <laughs> attached to the place. Well, don't get too attached, chumps. Because we're the new owners. New owners? That's right. Now listen, you bird brains. If you're going to keep your job, you got to get hit. I know all You have questions. We have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, B-Heads. This is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, my son's baseball season is winding down for the year, and not a moment too soon. We here in Arkansas have jumped into summer already. I'm talking like mid-90s already. I worry about how hot it will be come July and August. But I hope all you D-heads out there are having milder weather where you are and staying cool. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Miguel Rodriguez of Tampa, Florida, and he writes, Hey team, great podcast. My question for you is about the Enchanted Tiki Room. Since you just had an animatronic guest on last week, it got me thinking about the show. I know it was under new management for a long time, the one I grew up with, and now is apparently a shorter show from the very first one. Is the current show having the pre-show with the Tiki Gods talking, or is it still the bantering birds? Also, can I find Under New Management anywhere as a complete show in good audio? I know most hated this show, but I liked it. Thank you, Aaron. Well, I've always loved this attraction, and I especially love the classic version. That is the version I grew up with, but I can appreciate the love you have for Under New Management little history on this attraction. A virtual identical copy of the show called Tropical Serenade was installed at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom when the park opened in 1971. Although accompanied by a new pre-show, the main show was the same. 
Tropical Serenade was eventually renamed the Enchanted Tiki Room and replaced in 1998 with the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management, featuring Lago from Aladdin and Zazu from The Lion King. On January 12, 2011, a small fire broke out in the attic of the attraction. The Lago audio-animatronic figure was severely damaged in the blaze. It was announced at Disney's D23 Destination D, Walt Disney World 40th Anniversary Conference, that the attraction was refurbished and returned to the original show format. The attraction reopened on August 15, 2011 as Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room and was reinstated as a slightly edited version of Disneyland's original show. The pre-show still has the bantering birds that appear from behind the waterfall. It is two different birds and they have a completely different dialogue than the under new management pre-show. Disneyland still has the Tiki Gods as their pre-show. There are some excellent videos on YouTube of the current show at Walt Disney World and of the under new management show. You can also find both pre-shows. I hope this helps you enjoy reliving some fond memories of a fun attraction. Our next question is from Brianna Whittleman of North Dakota and she writes, Diz Radio, question for Aaron on the team about spectral magic. Was this the second or third nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom? Also, what happened to much of the floats once it was ended? Are there any thoughts or rumors of it coming back? Well, Spectral Magic was a fun parade, but I grew up on Main Street Electrical Parade, so that will always be my favorite. Spectral Magic was the second nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom, though the two parades swapped back and forth over the years. Main Street Electrical Parade ran from 1977 to 1991, and then 1999 to 2001, and finally from 2001 to 2016. Spectro Magic ran from 1991 to 1999, and then from 2001 to 2010. And now unfortunately they have no nighttime parade, except for the holiday parades. In 2013, following reports that the Spectro Magic floats had been destroyed, Disney confirmed the parade had been permanently retired. I have heard rumors that a nighttime parade might return for the Magic Kingdom's 50th anniversary. So let's keep our fingers crossed and hope they bring back a great parade. Well, our final question this week is from Mike in Pennsylvania, and he writes, Love the show. Y'all make me love Disney so much more. I was listening to the show a few weeks ago, and it got me thinking about Tron. I love the original movie and the legacy one. Do you know why they canceled another movie? And with the Tron light cycle ride overseas... Is there a soundtrack for it I can find? And finally, is Tron Uprising anywhere to buy? It was a fantastic series. So underrated. Awesome day, my friends. Well, I'm right there with you, Mike. I love Tron and everything else Tron related. I was so disappointed when the third movie was canceled and when Tron Uprising was discontinued. So what happened with Tron 3? No one is certain, but Tron Legacy had a lukewarm reception. The film made money, but didn't really move any merchandise, and that is where a lot of the money is made from a franchise movie like this one. With both Marvel and Star Wars at Disney's disposal now, not something that was a factor when Tron Legacy went into production, 
Disney might have simply decided they don't have a dire need to make Tron something that has to be a franchise. Another possible factor in the movie's cancellation could be the fact that Brad Bird's Tomorrowland underperformed at the box office, and Disney might not want another costly movie that's not a sure thing. Here's hoping that someday they will revive Tron 3 and we once again can visit the grid. Tron Uprising, it was a great show. I never understood why it didn't get the viewership it deserved. You can get all the episodes on Amazon on digital download. They were released as a two-volume set. As far as the soundtrack for Tron Light Cycle Power Run, there are some great audio files on YouTube to listen to the attraction music, but nothing official yet. The music is very Tron Legacy, and I hope the new attraction at Magic Kingdom will have the same awesome music. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions. Keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age. And dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. And now, a sneak peek of the new Disney XD series, Tron Uprising. There's a war raging. Those generals have taken over every city on the grid. Phoenix programs. In the name of our great leader, Clue, I now claim Argon City has occupied territory. If Tron were here, you mean if Tron were alive? In a far-off corner of the grid, a young program decides Clue must be stopped. Do you really think if they believe Tron's alive, it will inspire a revolution? I know it will. We won't be intimidated. I don't care how strong or powerful your forces are. Who do you think you are? Tron? You can't save them all! Watch me. This renegade, Tron, whoever he is, he's causing a lot of problems. He's fighting for us. This renegade will be brought to justice. Who are you? You said it yourself. I'm Tron! Tron Uprising, the brand new Disney XD animated series, premieres this June on Disney XD. Hi, this is Dan Shore from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, from Tron, from Star Trek, from even Cagney and Lacey. You're listening to Disney On Demand. Ladies and gentlemen, 
This is your spectral magical host, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Everybody in the Magic Kingdom wants to welcome you to enjoy with us this splendid evening celebration. You know, somehow Disney fantasy seems a little more alive at night. In fact, it was Walt's favorite time at the park. Come along with us to see the magical worlds of Disney. Just you wait and see the worlds of music from the Silly Symphony, the wonder of Sleeping Beauty's Garden, the fantasy of the Little Mermaid's Ocean, the imagination of Fantasia, and the world of dreams in a grand Disney cavalcade. Just wait till you see it in a bright new way, one light at a time. The magic starts in 10 minutes.
Hello everyone, this is Dominic and his wife Anita, and welcome to another edition of Disney Short Leash. If you're new to this segment, a short leash isn't that thing that makes bulls mad at the rodeo. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they're short on time and short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. Well, if my wife is here, it is because we're talking food. This is a woman who has designed entire vacations around dining reservations. However, the bigger our family got and the busier that we were... (laughs) And the less money that we had. We stopped... (laughs) Exactly. We stopped heading for table service restaurants and started for more counter service. Yes. I gotta say, with that choice, I think I've had better meals at the counter service than the table service. I'd say Definitely. we've been far more disappointed going to table service than we ever had going counter service. And paid more for it. And I think that was the thing. The value for dollar. When we take a trip with the family, we tend to try to find a hotel that will serve us breakfast for free. Always. And then we'll have a lunch that is more of a snacky lunch. Mm-hmm. That will either pack with us or go grab a snack in the parks. It's the tide us over. Yes. And then for dinner, we'll go to a counter service. Right. So I was wondering. What meal would we get and what snack would we get in each place? Exactly. Okay. And this is my choice. This is You are the, the food planner. Okay, this is my choice. I'm now, along for the ride. Them, some of them are my favorites. Okay. And some of them are ones that I like to try. Because I haven't either been able to, or in looking at the new places or the places we haven't tried, I thought this is this is definitely the place I want to go next time. So we're going around the park, each park. We're going to pick a counter service restaurant. We are going to pick a snack place, and we're right. going to pick a snack and a dinner at each one. Right. Okay. So we're let's start with the biggie. Let's start at the Magic Kingdom. It's a shame. You hate the Magic Kingdom food. (laughs) The food is just so terrible. But there's one saving grace at the Magic Kingdom. It is Cosmic Rays. Lots of food. Um, Yeah, the amount of food per meal is ridiculous. So at Cosmic Rays, I like to get the rotisserie chicken because you get like a half a chicken. You get a half a chicken. (laughs) Yeah, well, actually, it's actually called the half rotisserie chicken because (laughs) you literally get half a chicken. So you get half a chicken, potatoes, and green beans. We're a family of five. We got five dinners like that, and it was almost impossible to eat. Yeah, we couldn't We couldn't even come close to finishing them. Now, snack-wise, I have two favorite snacks. They're not the same as everybody else's necessarily, but I like Mickey pretzels, and I like Mickey ice cream bar. That's just what I like. Okay. So that's it. All right. Magic Kingdom two- checked off. Now, since you are not that crazy about the Magic Kingdom, you yeah. have included the Greater Monorail Loop. Yes. <laughs> As a possibility to eat, which isn't a bad idea. You're you're there right. at the parks and maybe they're getting crowded or maybe you just want a break or maybe it's your hobo day yes. and you don't have a ticket to go into the parks. So you're going to eat somewhere on the monorail loop. So where have you chosen to eat? Okay. I have chosen Oasis Bar and Grill. Okay. This is someplace I have not been yet. Uh, I have chosen as a snack the Melisadas. They are Portuguese donuts served with passion fruit curd. I can't can't even wait to eat these. Like, I can taste them in my mouth right now. I can't. I I have to. I have to. And there are like 100,000 drinks you can try. So that's definitely on my list for next time. 
Um, the uh, food, when we went, we, and I don't know if it just tasted good because I was so hungry or what the deal was, but I liked the Contempo Cafe, the barbecue chicken flatbread yes. that we had. It was really tasty. And we've been warned to avoid pizza in Florida, but the barbecue chicken flatbread was pretty good. It was. I will do you one better, though. I liked the Polynesian over at uh, Captain Cook's. The balls. Yes, <laughs> the like, chicken balls. You like the chicken balls? Yes. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. That was a great stop. There are some tasty balls. <laughs> Okie dokie. All right. So if you had to eat somewhere at Animal Kingdom, where would you go? Uh, Satuli Canteen. Ah, this is in uh, Pandora, I, the world of Avatar. I hope I'm saying that right. I have no idea. Yes, I got to do this. You did not. I did not. Um, you got the chicken bowl. I did get a chicken bowl. I want to try the beef and chicken bowl. That way I can decide what I would want the next time. There you go. It looks delicious. It was unbelievable. So. It was uh, very, very good. Definitely on the top of my list. It was the best Animal Kingdom counter service meal I ever had. Mm-hmm. So then I have the Tamu Tamu double chocolate chip ice cream sandwich. That sounds That's awesome. my snack. It is incredible looking. That's what I went with for a snack. Where are we off to next? Oh, we are off to Epcot. All right. Where I have chosen the Yorkshire County Fish Shop. Nice. Where you must get fish and chips because this is delicious. Uh, And you can sit right there next to it and look out on the water. Then, for my fun snack, there's a crepe place Mm -hmm. where you can get strawberry preserved crepes. All right. All right. Hollywood Studios. Nice. Yeah. And I know what you would want. I I don't. I went 50s Primetime Cafe. That is not a counter service restaurant. Oh, crap. They don't have any good Yes, they certainly do. Really? Mm-hmm. What am I not thinking of? You are not thinking of the Hollywood Brown Derby Lounge. No, it's labeled table. That's not a table. Uh, it is. It's labeled as table. I would have put yeah, it down. You eat at the table. There is a waitress, but there man, is a waitress. that food is awesome. Yeah, I know it's awesome. I was going to pick it, but I can't pick it. Well, you can't but pick the 50s can't pick prime time. Either. I can't pick this either. I, we're can't going pick for the sci fi dine in. No, we're picking for best food, and none of the ones are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't like Pizza Planet. No, no it's Pizza Rizzo. No, that's, no, that wasn't good. Um, you, you don't like the yeah. commissary? Commissary's terrible. Uh, starring Rolls stopped doing starring the sushi. Starring Rolls doesn't do sushi. I mean, they but they have snacks. Uh, Fairfax it. Fair. Fairfax Fair is okay, but, I mean, you can get a hamburger anywhere. Okay. And they have soup. All right. Who wants soup in the So summer? we're just going to have to like gift the Brown Derby Lounge. Yeah. In, and then yeah. order anything. It doesn't matter. Order everything. Yes. Order everything. Make it your snack. Make it your dinner. Make it everything. All right. Make let's, it your favorite. Let's get out of Hollywood Studios. Wait. Your actual snack. Oh, you got a snack for yeah, Halloween? Yeah, I got a snack because it's fun. Um, it, it makes me sick, but it's okay because it's cute. Um, the R2-D2 popcorn. Oh, I love R2-D2 popcorn. Yeah, R2-D2 popcorn's awesome. I mean, come on. Yeah, you get to keep an R2-D2 when you Yeah, don't. it's awesome. It's right. fantastic. Good choice. Um, so that's my everything. I, I like how you barely, I mean, besides the Mickey bar or the Mickey pretzel, you stayed away from, like, the tourist favorites. You stayed away from Dole Whip. Yeah. Stayed away from the turkey leg. Yeah, you weren't all about any of that stuff. Yeah. You, you have no Casey's hot dog. No. All right. 
That's good. Because trying other stuff and eating food on the move and saving money while doing it, well, that's short leash, people. I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDWPlantoons. My wife is at Mrs. Plantoons. And we're on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or visiting Plantoons.com. Check it out. we got a brand new Plantoons cartoon out there. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. A pirate's life is a happy life. Drink up, they are yo-ho. Frolicking, frolicking, frolicking life. Drink up, they are yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage and plunder, rifle and loot. Drink up, they are yo-ho. We kidnap and ravage and don't give a hoot. Drink up, they are yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We extort and pilfer, filch and we sack. Drink up, they are yo-ho. Maraud, embezzle, and even hijack. Drink up, they are yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We kindle and char, we inflame and ignite. Drink up, may hearty yo-ho. We burn up the city, we're really a fright. Drink up, may hearty yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We're rascals, scoundrels, villains, and knaves. Drink up, may hearty yo-ho. We're devils and black sheep, really bad eggs. Drink up, may hearty yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We're figures, blighters, and ne'er-do-well cats. Drink up, may hearty yo-ho. We're loved by our mommies and dads. Drink up, they are the yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a virus life for me. Hello? I feel like it's time to get up. It's goofy. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Well, I guess we've seen just about everybody. I've been waiting my whole life to meet you. Call 1407W-Disney and make the dream come true. <laughs> Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. How do you do, D-Heads? It's Chaz, back again with this week's edition of the Hollywood Walk. This week, we have Dan Cockrell joining the show. Dan recently retired as the VP of the Magic Kingdom after a 26-year career with the Walt Disney Company. Dan's earliest experience working for Disney came in the summer of 1989 when he worked as a front desk host at the Contemporary Resort while participating in the Walt Disney World College program. A short time later, Dan would graduate from Boston College with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Political Science and move back to Florida to participate in the Disneyland Paris Management Trainee Program. He would ultimately transfer to France in preparation to the opening of Disneyland Paris, where he would spend the next five years in management. 
It's during this time that he and his wife Valerie, with whom he's raised three children, were married. At the conclusion of his tenure at Disneyland Paris, Dan moved back to Orlando and spent the rest of his career with Disney in several different management and operations roles at Walt Disney World Resort. During his time at Walt Disney World, Dan earned his MBA and spent time in the parks interacting with guests and cast members, creating a personal example of his people-first philosophy. Now that he is retired, Dan will begin offering consultations and speaking on leadership and management. With the wealth of experience gained through his career, I'm sure that Dan has more than a few wonderful stories to share. Well, that's all I have for this week, and I'll be back again with another edition of Hollywood Walk. If you have any comments, I can be reached at my email, and that is chaz at disradio.com, spelled C-H-A-Z. Up next is Jonathan with Dan, and as always, don't just fly, soar. Walt Disney World. 
All of us are delighted to be able to show you our world personally. Right now we're in the Magic Kingdom and that's the perfect place to start. So come on, follow us. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you those magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's the small screen, the big screen, sitting around with your family, making those memories, or even visiting the Walt Disney World Resort, Disneyland, you name it, you are making those magical memories. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to any of that. He has been entrenched in the Disney company since 1989 when he was working at the Contemporary Resort on the college program, and we have more things to explore. I'm just going to say welcome to the one, the only, Dan Crockerell here to the show. Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. really appreciate it. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your career spans so many different things, including, you know, recently what you've been doing, into the future, and I guess so much more. But I guess the one thing I love to start it off with is, I guess, before 1989, you know, getting into those early days, you know, growing up, whatnot, I guess, with that, were you always an avid Disney fan and sitting down watching Uncle Walt? Well, you know, it's funny. I uh, I was not a huge Disney fan growing up. I mean, I remember, like, Escape to Witch Mountain and some of those. Um, those were some of my favorite movies. Uh, but uh, I only – I actually had a, a very vague memory when I was maybe three or four years old of going to Disneyland with my parents. And I remember the, I remember the rockets in Tomorrowland, and I remember this gigantic uh, waterfall – we went over in Pirates. And when I went back the second time to Disney on the college program when I was 19 years old, that uh, that that drop in Pirates wasn't quite as big as I remembered when I was three years old. But um, I've been, uh, I haven't been particularly a huge fan of Disney, but I on the college program I certainly fell in love with the way they you manage people, lead people, and just sort of the dynamic operation is what I kind of fell in love with. Well, you know, and with that too, you know, I mean, continuing on like that, you're right. I mean, you really did fall in love with it because in the end, you were only the sixth executive to hold the position of vice president of the Magic Kingdom since it opened in 1971. Now, I guess jumping into it then, going to the college program, I guess the one thing that lured you in there then, was it really just, hey, I wanted to really get to see how do you manage people? Disney always does it right. They're always making sure everybody feels number one. And what was it like jumping into it saying, all right, I'm going to get in here. Is it all Mickey Mouse and smiles? Yeah, it's, uh, I tell you, it's not for everybody. It is a highly structured place. Uh, when we ask people sometimes, do, do you like to work independently? If they say yes, we tell them Disney's probably not a place you want to be working because you don't work independently at Disney. You rely on lots of other people and you uh, are in sync because that whole experience has to be in sync for the guests. And so this idea of this sort of individuality of how you operate is you, you need to be comfortable to be in a highly structured environment and have a sense of pride to, to kind of work the plan. Um, and, I, and I really enjoyed that. I love the structure. And uh, Disney, not only is it are you really held accountable to the results, which are really important, but you're really held accountable to how you get those results. So we really hold people highly accountable for how they treat each other. And uh, not treating people with respect is not tolerated. And uh, so you, you, it's a very nice company. We have lots of really nice people, and there's really nice manners. But at the end of the day, we're, we are extremely serious about getting the results, and we know how uh, important it is to make sure we're executing flawlessly. 
And so you have to be good with people and good with, uh, you know, driving hard. Well, definitely, you know, and like you said, too, it's one of those where you have to be able to jump into it and know that it is very structured because you don't get to be, you know, known for your high quality and all that if you're just out on a whim, wanting to be independent, do your own thing. Now, with that, jumping into it, you know, all the way back to 89, that was a big year, not only for yourself going as the college program, but also, you know, opening year of the MGM Studios back in the day, Typhoon Lagoon. All those fun things. I guess, what was the energy like being a college student, a college kid, you know, here learning the ins and outs of Disney, but also at the same time, how fun was it just being that age going, here I am, living the dream, and so much excitement going on at theme parks? Well, I'll tell you, I remember walking into the Contemporary my first day, and I went up to the fourth floor, and that monorail just sort of silently just kind of cruised on through. And it's not easy to to impress a 19-year-old, but that took my breath away. And I just thought, wow, there is this is this is something special. And like you said, that was the uh, that was the year that the studios opened. And that was I love going over there. That's a that's a really cool park in the the kind of the retro way it's done. And I spent time at Epcot. And you know, when you work here, you do take advantage of all the things that are out there to visit and see. And on your weekends, you're visiting the parks and you're visiting the the hotels. And uh, it's great for Disney because you're building your product knowledge. So when you go back to work on Monday, uh, you sort of have more to talk about with the guests. And so it really, um, uh, it kind of builds on it. Well, you know, and with that too, you know, because you are building that knowledge, knowledge of all the parks, you know, getting entrenched in it and being able to bring that to your workplace. Now, was there the one go-to place that you always had, like you're working all day and you're like, I'm just going here just to relax. And, and what was that place when you're on the grounds? Uh, typically the place to relax was not at Disney. <laughs> and even now my <laughs> wife and I, when we go on vacation, uh, usually it's somewhere out in like the middle of the desert or it's somewhere where there's no Wi-Fi coverage. So it's, uh, you go all the way on the other end. You're in the middle of these millions of people and working in this high environment with this adrenaline flowing every day. And when it's time to unwind, you want to disconnect from all that. But there, so, but there are certainly some places. One of my favorite jobs, uh, in my Disney career was uh, the general manager of the Wilderness Lodge. And it's such, you just walk in there and the, in all the wood in the lobby and the music's playing and you can just feel the, all the stress kind of melt away. And those are, those are some nice places. So every once in a while I'd go over there, get my iPad, go sit in the lobby and do some emails and just enjoy the atmosphere. Well, you know, and I can see what you mean, too. You know, it is that kind of high energy, and you need to unwind. And the wilderness is always like that. Now, touching base upon that and, you know, being at the Wilderness Lodge, you know, working there and things like that, over your, you know, over your career, you've worked many different positions. And, of course, each one always has something that you love the best about it, something you love the least, whatnot. But is there that one position where finally you're like, you know, I just, it, to this day, when you're writing, you know, Dan's book out there, you're going to be like, man, this is one that has to make it in. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's, I could talk for hours about the incredible jobs and all the things I did, but I, I, the one that was probably the most formative for me, and I learned the most in a short period of time, was being the general manager of the All-Star Resort. Uh, the All-Star, we have um, 6,000 rooms. And um, so on any given night, you have anywhere between 18,000 to 24,000 people staying in your resort. And uh, when you just think about the logistics of cleaning the rooms every day, you know, you get 500 housekeepers come in every morning speaking all these different languages and uh, highly passionate about what they do. They cleaned 18 rooms a day. And you check in and out hundreds of guests and all the detail and the level of detail you had to learn 
And uh, as I as I preached to my team at the All Star, I was doing my MBA while I was working, and I took a class on statistics. And uh, one day I went back and shared with my team. I said, "Hey guys, I want to I want you to, I want to give you a statistic here that's going to really grab you." I said, "At the All Star Resort, if tomorrow we clean 99% of the rooms correctly, we're going to have 60 dirty rooms." What do you think about that? And they just said, well, you get one family at the front desk with a dirty room. That's that's a big deal. I said, well, if we, if we get 99% right, we still have 60. So even at 99.9% perfection there, you have six dirty rooms um, for guests who paid a lot of money and they're coming down for their maybe once-in-a-lifetime trip. And so the pressure is pretty high. That you have to be as close to perfection as you can be, and it's uh, – it's uh, we take that pretty seriously. Well, definitely too. And like you said, when you put it in a numbers perspective like that, you kind of sit back and you're like, that's 60 families, 60 different people who are looking for that magical experience uh, to make it work. Now, I guess, uh, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, traveling all the way through to Disneyland Paris, you know, you had a chance to be there, you know, a totally different environment, different park. And, and I guess how different is the vibe there or is kind of Disney carry on through all the parks where it's the same kind of energy or how different is it dealing with you know an entirely different country of uh, you know guests that are coming in? Yeah, it was a whole case study in itself. It was really interesting. I would tell you that at a base level, uh, all parents love to bring their kids and spend time as a family. And I don't care if you're in Shanghai or if you're Hong Kong or if you're in Tokyo or Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Uh, at a base level, that's what people like to do. They like to be immersed and escape the real world and spend time together and create memories as a family. Now. When it came to the cultural side of it, um, you know, you had all the languages of Disneyland Paris. So you know French and English. And then, you know, a lot of our cast members were from various countries. And so you were always looking to help people translate. And, and that was that added a whole complexity uh, when you thought about park maps and, and communication. And then generally um, what I found leading the cast over there um, you know, at the end of the day, for example, recognition is really important when you're leading a group of people, but it looks very different. And so, you know, and the stereotypes or generalizations are not true of everybody, but I would tell you stereotypically in France, um, uh, recognizing a cast member in front of a group was kind of the last thing they wanted you to do. They didn't want to be called out in front of the group because the group would kind of look down on them and say, well, you're trying to be better than us. And, and, and so I, I learned quickly that the one-on-one -on -one recognition and conversations was the best way to go. Um, now, stereotypically in the United States, so if you ask a typical American how they want to be recognized, usually they may say, oh, you know, subtly one-on-one -on one's fine, but that's usually not true. Usually they want a big podium and they want a speech and they want their family there and they want balloons and they want to celebrate it because that's our culture. We like to celebrate success as a group here. And what my wife and I learned living in France and living in the United States now it, you can't judge it. It's not better or worse. It's just different. And you got to keep working and learning those differences and accept them. And uh, the subtleties, uh, you know, basically in the United States, we like a T-shirt that has a giant Goofy on it. Well, if you go to Europe, uh, a Goofy that's about three centimeters wide on your shirt is probably what's appropriate, much more subtle. Once again, not better or worse, just different, different style, different tastes. And uh, we learned a lot as we opened the park there. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where it has to be a learning process, totally different culture, but no matter what, always truly Disney. And, and like you pointed on, too, it's one of those those elements where 
parents are always going to want to be going to the parks with their children. They're going to want to spend that time, just like Walt originally said, a place for parents and everybody to be together. Now, you know, over the years, you've encountered so many different people and, you know, managed many different people, different roles, things like that. Has there ever been one role where you were in where you have made these lasting friendships where, you know, to this day, you know, you're still walking down the street and you're like, Hey, how's it going? And you know, it's, it's Bob who's cleaning up the trash, but you know what? Every position is an important position and they're just still, Hey Dan, how's it going? Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I, there's some cast members that I know who I worked in the parking lot with, uh, when I first started and they were my, one of them was my lead. They were, you know, they'd get, tell me when to go on break and tell me if I was doing my job right. And I still know them and they work in Magic Kingdom. And so, when we run into each other, I'm still Dan from the parking lot, and uh, they're they're great. Um, I have what I call uh, um, sort of these sound posts, and I use these listening posts. And I I go to certain people and I ask them, hey, what's the word on the street? You know, I'm trying to figure out what's happening here. And the people I've known for a long time, uh, once again, they don't see me as the vice president of the park. They see me as Dan, someone they've known for a long time, and they're very candid with me. And it's really nice to be able to do that because when you're in a high executive position, people don't always tell you the whole story and you're always searching for truth. And I have a group out there that I know personally that uh, are very uh, helpful with me and they tell me exactly what's on their mind and what's on the cast members' minds and it makes me much more effective in my job. Well, and like you said, it's one of those, then you understand what everybody is feeling, how they're doing. And the one thing is, is those lasting relationships, much like Walt Disney, you know, he's like, call me Walt, call me Walt. It's one of those things where at least it's, they feel they can talk with you. It's, hey, Dan, how you doing? You know, and they saw you progress as well. Now, over the years like that and getting into these roles, what was it like jumping into and holding the position of vice president of the Magic Kingdom? I mean, I know for many fans out there. That is the kind of thing where they're thinking, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I just look at it as I'm like, I can't even imagine the stress uh, that it would cause to bring that magic to life. So what was it like when you first presented with that? And have you ever toyed with the idea of, all right, should I take this position or shouldn't I? Well, it was fairly ter terrifying at the beginning. Uh, it kind of hit me that, first of all, um, I've worked, like you said, I've worked in a lot of different places. The Magic Kingdom is unique. It is First of all, it is sort of when you think about the amount of experiences and celebrations and visits people have had, millions and millions and millions of people have had over, you know, almost 50 years, there's a sense of responsibility there that it, every day has to be as great as yesterday and as great as the day before. And so that kind of weighs on you. And, and it's an, in a good way, but you feel that, you feel that weight. And, um, and, and the volume, I mean, the volume of Magic Kingdom is uh, it's anywhere between 40, um, between 60, 70 to 100 percent more than any of the other parks. And so just the, the volume you do is unreal. The amount of people coming through the gate every day and knowing that it doesn't matter how many people are coming. We have to make sure every individual guest has the best vacation they ever had. And that's always been our goal. And uh, it was it was certainly intimidating. But. Um, I think the, the great thing was because I had focused on getting lots of diverse experiences dur throughout my career, I was able to pull on a lot of different experiences from my background to be able to step into that role and be effective. And uh, one of the number one things, ironically, was when you get in that role, you have to learn that you better trust the people working for you because you are never going to know everything that's going on and you are never going to be able to be involved in every decision that's being taken and you don't want to be. And if you try to go down that path, uh, you'll fail miserably. So you really have to build an environment for your, your, your executives, your general managers, and your team 
And once you, you create a very optimistic, positive environment, great things happen. But you got to learn how to let go. And that's probably one of the hardest things to do as an operator is let go. And you want to be involved in everything, but just you just can't do it. Well, and like you said, it's one of those where you have to trust everybody. Know that they are all there with the best interest of the park, best interest of everything you're doing, and know that they want to make those right decisions. Now, I guess for many people out there, you're thinking vice president, awesome, he sits behind a desk all day. I guess what is entailed into being a vice president of the Magic Kingdom? I mean, are you, you know, coming up with new ideas for attractions? Are you looking at the way things run? Are you just paper pushing? I guess what actually is involved with being a vice president of such a... Uh, you know, iconic theme park. Sure. Well, at, at, at the the way I thought about it, at the base level, I was responsible for the daily operation of the cast and the guest experience. So, um, you know, at Disney, we use the four keys, and we've used it for decades, and it's a great model. And it's uh, there's four things we focus on when it comes to the cast experience, the guest experience, and it's safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. So the number one thing for me was my, my my main priority was to make sure our cast were safe and our guests were safe. And we had all kinds of uh, safety committees, and uh, we had uh, uh, audits on safety, and we made sure that we did uh, audits on how we loaded and unloaded attractions, and we had food safety inspections. So at a base level, you know, you can't create magic if people don't feel safe, and it was so important. And we I spent a lot of time talking to people about safety and making sure we had all the right tools in place, the right training in place so that um, we can keep people safe. Because as we mentioned earlier, it's a numbers game. And uh, it's, it's okay, it's one, at, you know, one out of a million doesn't seem like a lot, but at Disney, one out of a million happens every few weeks. And so you, you have to be better than that. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, big, the biggest part of my role, if I was doing it right, was making sure that I was supporting my general managers because the reality is the vice president doesn't run anything specifically except the park as a whole. But the whole is made up of a lot of other parts. So I made sure that my food and beverage general manager uh, had everything he needed and all the tools he needed and all the support he needed. And I was there to get rid of barriers and help cut through bureaucracy so he could get his job done. And my entertainment general manager, um, a lot of what we did was um, through consensus. We talk a lot, and you know, creative ideas don't come from one person. They come from a group, and you talk about them over time. And uh, many times, my my main job was just facilitating conversations and making sure that we were hearing everybody and we were listening to everybody. And uh, I was, you know, at the end of the day, I was held accountable to make sure I was delivering on all four keys. And I had to do that through through my group. And so, in my mind, every moment I was in my office sending emails for me was lost time that had no value. It was important administratively, but I wasn't creating any value by responding to emails. I measured my week on how much time I spent with people. So I knew that every moment I spent with people, I would add value, and I held myself accountable to do that. So I was trying to be in my office as least as possible. And even I'd grab my iPad and go sit out on the, the patio at Tony's in the morning and do my email so I could see guests coming in and watch what was happening and be part of it while I was getting my work done. Uh, but uh, being by myself was the last thing I wanted to do because I had to be with people to encourage them and make sure they knew what the expectations were. Well, definitely. And like you said, it's putting people first, which is always going to give you the best results. If you put people first, everything else is going to fall into place and everyone's going to be happier, work stronger. And of course, even the guests are going to appreciate that. Now, in your time being the vice president of the Magic Kingdom, I guess that gives you many chances to go out there. Like you said, you like to go out in the middle of nowhere without the Wi-Fi, but... 
you can't just get away from the magic of being at the parks. Now, with that, have you ever gone out and watched either the fireworks show or parade or any of those things and just caught one guest where it just really touched you and you're like, we are doing our job right. I mean, it's just one of those moments you take back and you're looking at the smile on their faces and you're like, this truly is amazing. Oh, all the time. That that could be a whole nother podcast episode. It, it's just, you know, you hear about this, sometimes the viral stories that go out on things that happen, but there are literally these incredible moments happening every day. I mean, if you go out on Main Street for more than an hour or two, you're going to see a, a marriage proposal. I mean, it just happens there all the time. People decide to get on one knee, and that's the moment that they're proposing to their future spouse. Uh, and in the parade, uh, you'll see, a, you know, a, maybe a little girl that has a disability watching the parade. And you see all the performers come over to them and, and say hi to them and, and shake hands with them. And all our performers, all our cast just know they're looking for all those signs. And they can see where people would have an opportunity to touch them in that moment. You see the family reunions and you see the people celebrating that they're cancer free. Uh, and you just, you get to see all these incredible life moments because there wasn't a day I didn't drive in and just look and say, wow, I, every morning when I come in, Cinderella's castle is just, it's incredible. It's impressive. It's like the first time you saw it. And it's, uh, it's a pretty special place. And so it, it, I, every time I was out there, I saw some moment that was just would blow your mind in terms of, you know, we get to do this every day. And, uh, I never took that for granted. Well, you know, and it's moments like that, as you mentioned, that, you know, it is something that is impacting people's lives every day. And it's you're acknowledging that, seeing that, you know, these are people that these are life defining moments for them that they chose to do right there. And you are directly involved with it. Now, on the flip side, there is something that I've always grown up loving. And that is something that they don't do enough of anymore, I feel. But that is the awesome, you know, TV shows where they film them at the parks and also the great television specials that they used to have. You know, the circuit show at Epcot, uh, when they had the, uh, very Easter, the very merry Easter parade, the Christmas parade, all these were broadcast live. It's just random special magic at the Magic Kingdom. What was it like when you were new, you were filming a television special? At the park. I mean, were you in high high maintenance? We got to make sure everything is, you know, camera ready, paint on top, everything good to go. And I guess, what was the excitement like on the days when you were filming like that? Yeah, those were always really fun. Uh, however, I think what people don't realize is, um, you know, 95% of the success of those filmings was the planning. It was thinking about everything in advance because the Magic Kingdom is such a big machine. Once the day starts rolling, it's either going to work or not the day of based on your planning. As a vice president, I don't care who you are. You're not going to change the result of that day very much by making sort of spontaneous calls. So we would we, we were maniacal about planning everything down to the nth level, making sure certain speakers weren't coming on during filming and uh, overriding it and making sure that we had extra flowers backstage if we had to replant planners because a film crew had to film from there and just a ton of planning. But it was really fun to see the guests out there because they knew, hey, we're here and we're going to watch this you know, Christmas special on Christmas morning and we're going to see ourselves on the street at Magic Kingdom. And it was uh, it was fun. The celebrities are there and it, those are really fun days. Now, on the other hand, you, certain have, you have a certain responsibility to make sure the day guests who are coming just for the day, they don't know anything about the film and they're just there to enjoy the park. You want to protect their experience also. So it was also always your, your sort of working both sides, giving plenty of flexibility to the filming, but also taking care of your day guests because uh, they, you know, they had, they had planned this in advance and they wanted to have a really special day also. 
Well, definitely. And, you know, as you mentioned too, it's, they, they really want to have that special day as well. So you don't want that to be ruined for them. And, you know, everybody loves those kind of things because you see it on TV. You want to go there. You want to feel that magic and experience it. Now that's going to bring me to something else here. All right. The infamous crane that is always there, either taking on lights, taking down lights, you name it. Are they ever going to come up with a way for the street photographer to be able to snap that shot and have that crane removed when you pick up your photo later, later that day? I'll tell you, we've uh, we've talked about that a lot, and uh, eventually, uh, the the best solution will be, you know, with those lights, uh, the, the the magical white lights we put in the castle to embed them in the castle, so they're always there, so we don't have to install them and take them down. But we haven't figured that out yet. Hopefully, my my successor will. Um, but we we did that on certain instances upon request. We would uh, Photoshop the crane out, and we had lots of guests come back later and say, you know, they did it themselves. And um, unfortunately, it's one of those things is, um, you know, hopefully eventually technology will will catch up and we'll figure out how to get those lights installed. That We won't have this work happening. But uh, when you run an operation that's open 365 days a year, you know, 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, um, sometimes you run into that. But there's no doubt in my mind that – I, you know, we're we're dabbling with artificial intelligence. I think, like a lot of com- a lot of uh, companies in the world are, and there's no doubt that it's probably out there today. You could you could have that removed um, from a, um, a technology standpoint. But that's a great um, that that's a good one. We haven't talked about that in a while. I may send that to the the new guy and tell him to get on that. <laughs> well, you know, it's just one of those things that, depending on the time of the year you go, it becomes a family staple. I mean, I know in our family it, it became the running joke where my kids would put up our monorail set you know, whatnot. And then my son would go get his crane from his Lego set. And he goes, look at now it's complete. (laughs) I've seen uh, at our Halloween parties, I've seen guests come dressed as a castle with the crane. So they're very creative in letting us know what they think about that. Now with that too, like you said, you know, you are, you know, the park is always going. It's finding those times to do these things, whether that's changing over, putting up walls, doing what you have to do with, which is always a struggle because you got guests who come with high expectations and it's like you have to maintain these things. You have to add it to the experience and whatnot. Are there ever times where, you know, you had to wake up middle of the night to make sure operations, things are running as smooth they are and you're walking the park and it's 1 a.m. and you're like, man, I, I know it's all worth it in the end though. Yeah, we had, I mean, you know, when you come to Walt Disney World, you expect pirates to be running and pirates is sometimes you have mechanical things happening and there's some big work that needs to be done. And, uh, I'll tell you, the engineering team we had at Magic Kingdom that I worked for me, they were incredible, extremely, extremely smart people with um, uh, a, just a high sense of responsibility. So there were nights they would work to the night with their teams uh, to get this stuff fixed and turned around and back up and running again. And, uh, you know, there's nothing I could do. I'm a political science major, so I didn't understand how any of that stuff works. I would just say – when we open in the morning, are people going to be able to ride? I don't need to know why right now. I just want to need to know if that's a yes or no. And we would just send them food during the night. Just send them more food. Keep them motivated. And they would always solve these things. And uh, But it is uh, it is a dilemma because, like you said, we, we, we're open every single day. There is no downtime. We don't close for a month to sort of do the spring refurbishments. we got to do it real time. And because our park hours are so long, you only really have four hours of productive time at night. By the time you get everything set up, you work on something and then have to take it down before park close. Uh, time is certainly a premium at the Magic Kingdom. Well, definitely too. And like you said, it's keeping everybody motivated and keeping it working. That's going to bring me to you know the uh, the other side of the spectrum with attractions. And maybe you have your hand in this, maybe you don't. 
What is it like when you get such crazy, you know, you're trying to do something to envision for the future. You're trying to move things forward and, of course, appease everybody, which is never going to happen. But, you know, things like where you have the Pirates of the Caribbean and they're thinking, all right, we're going to change the redhead scene or we're going to do things like that. What is it like when you think we are doing something amazing, everyone's going to embrace it, and then there's this crazy online backlash that you didn't expect? Yeah, well... On one hand, obviously, we're always looking at that and considering that because our reputation, what people think about us is important. But uh, we also know the fact that we're lucky to to um, run a company that people are so interested in what we're doing and are so engaged in that. And uh, to your point, we, we've learned that we, we could, everyone's got an opinion about what we should do or not do, and we do our best to make the right decisions along the way. We learn from our guests, and we learn, and we do a lot of research. We really think carefully about decisions we're making as we make them, and then you know sometimes you make the decision, and you just have to take the you got to take the flack and let the let everyone have their opinion on what they think about the latest decision. And sometimes you know six months later we, we realize you know what that probably wasn't the right decision, or six months later we realize some people don't like change, and we're fine, we're in a good place, and 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 we'll be okay. Um, but that's the irony of the the, the Disney. And this is Walt Disney. You know, he was, I think everyone talks about, you know, what would Walt think? What would he say? And he was, he was a maverick and he was a change agent and he changed things constantly. And I think people forget that. They, I think they, he, he always talked about it. He said, you know, Disney is not a museum. It always has to be changing. It always has to be evolving. And people like that concept until you change or evolve something that's one of their childhood favorites. And then it's not as fun anymore. Um, so we're always walking that line between, you know, holding on to the tradition and heritage, but also making sure we have relevant offerings. Because, um, you know, you take your kids and you say, hey, kids, when I was little, we did this. And they're saying, well, yeah, but when you were little, it was boring. <laughs> we we want to do something new. Um, so you got to you gotta um, keep some of the old, but also bring in the new. Well, definitely. And it's like you said, as well as you got to take the punches, either roll with it, whatnot. Now, that's also going to bring me to, you know, acquisitions. And having that in the park, because, you know, things like Star Wars and Marvel and whatnot are big blockbusters. And you have to make money if you want to keep playing and, you know, invest it into other areas and whatnot. So, you know, somebody who understands business, that's what you have to do. But on the flip side of there, I guess, how is it, you know, trying to entrench a little bit of Marvel here or there? Or do you feel Marvel has a place at the Magic Kingdom? Or should it stay solely at like a Hollywood Studios kind of feel? You know, like myself, I feel Marvel... And those kind of acquisitions shouldn't be in the Magic Kingdom. But, you know, I guess what is your take on something like that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, a great question. Um, we, as we think about the storylines for each of the lands, um, we want them to fit nicely. And so, you know, we've made the decision that we feel like Pixar fits nicely into Tomorrowland. You know, we have Monsters, Inc. Uh, you have Stitch. Now it's a meet and greet currently. We have the Incredible Summer coming up, which is going to be a big marketing campaign, and we're going to have the Incredibles in, in Tomorrowland. Um, I, I would tell you that, uh, I, in my opinion, I think we have plenty of uh, uh, IP to put at Magic Kingdom that we don't have to dabble in uh, with, with Marvel. Um, but we may come up with a concept down the road that says, okay, this is going to fit nicely there. Um, and I don't know what the future is going to bring, but it does make a lot of sense. The Hollywood Studios, that is a great connection point for Marvel. And there's there's also there's a lot of contractual issues with what characters we can use and can't use inside the theme parks. Uh, when we when we um, um, uh, went ahead and bought Marvel, um, there was a lot of uh, rules around that. So you're probably not going to see a lot of Marvel 
Uh, at least you won't see the traditional Marvel. You'll kind of see the new characters that are coming out. Those are the ones that we're allowed to use inside the berm of the theme parks. Well, you know, and with that too, of course, you know, like you said, it's one of those things where, you know, contractually, of course, you know, the way things land and Universal having some of that items and whatnot as well. But, you know, things, speaking of Tomorrowland, and, you know, everybody, you know, you tried to reinvest into Tron, whatnot, and, uh, you know, I personally, I love those films. Had many great one-on-ones with Bruce Boxleitner and Dan Shore from the original films and things like that. And, you know, I, I loved, I loved the Tron series. Now, what was the decision to finally say, let's bring the Tron light cycle to the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, was it just the popularity of it overseas or seeing everyone's reaction in the United States going, they love it? Yeah, it's, um, you know, we, we do have some guiding principles and a, a big guiding principle we have is every, you know, every experience at Disney should have a story. There has to be a story behind it. It can't just be a thrill ride. There has to be a storyline and if possible, attached to very strong Disney intellectual property and, and ideas. And Tron was a little bit of the exception because it's kind of a niche film and not everyone has seen tron uh i don't i think a lot of people never didn't see the sequel and even more people a lot of people didn't see the original but i think what we determined was it is so representative of tomorrowland when you look at the architecture of it and you look at the um the kind of the rolling uh cover in front of it and it really kind of you know screams the future and what the future could be and so i think we we felt good about it um hanging it even if you don't know the, the story of tron uh, it's just visually very intriguing, and it fits. And it's going to fit really nicely next to Space Mountain. It's going to be it'll look really nice. So, and we wanted to, um, you know, we want we want to continue to have family rides, but we also every once in a while want to pepper in some thrill rides for those tweens that you know want some excitement. And so that's where we uh, we landed with Tron. Plus, it's always nice to to build an attraction that's already been built, so you can have lessons learned. You can make different decisions on how you engineer it and how you operate it. And uh, it's much more reliable because you got to build it once. When you build it for the first time, there's a lot of unknowns. But we've got where we had to benefit all the learnings that Shanghai had. Well, you know, and with that too, like you said, it's one of those where it doesn't make a difference if you've seen the film or not. It, it is going to translate. You know, no matter what, anyone who even catches a glimpse of even Tron Legacy kind of feel, everyone's like, that's really cool. It looks awesome. So it will fit into Tomorrowland. And that's going to bring me to some of the other lands um, that don't get expanded on as much. Now, are we ever going to see, you know, something new for the Wild West or something in Frontierland or, you know, things like that where the lands are kind of forgotten. But at the same time, I think if there was that right attraction, that right niche, the right refresh, you kind of spark that interest again into today's generation. Sure. Um, you know, some of the lands I call them are, are, are timeless, right? So Frontierland is it's set in time, and there's only so much you can do with it. But there's certainly some nice tie-ins. Um, you know, we had uh, 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 Woody and Jesse there for a while doing uh, meet and greets, and since they moved over to the studios. Uh, but I think there's certainly some opportunities for activation in those lands and uh, create these experiences. It may be in the form of an attraction. You have to, obviously, you're working with a very old infrastructure, so you have to figure out where you put it in and where you're going to have the queue lines and all the engineering that comes along with that. But um, I think we're learning more and more now also about these sort of pop-up uh, atmosphere entertainment moments. Um, if you've, I don't know if you've gotten to see the, uh, the Muppets in Liberty Square, but that was just genius by the entertainment team using the, the, the building facade as a stage. So when the show's not happening, it looks like Liberty Square. And when the show happens, you just stop, you look up, watch the show, and it's over again. 
and it's a very efficient use of space. So I think in the future you're going to see us really thinking uh, more creatively and innovatively about how we sort of bring these areas to life. Well, definitely. And, you know, really pushing those things. And of course, you know, there's other things where, you know, people are hoping it stays as a staple, like the Country Bear Jamboree and whatnot as well. Now, I guess moving aside from the theme parks, you've also done so many other things as well, including being a keynote speaker for the Disney Institute. Uh, you know, what is it like going in there and saying, all right, I need to talk, I need to motivate, I need to do all this. I guess, how did you sit back and figure out what are the topics you want to talk about? And I guess, how well received was it being a keynote speaker at these, you know, time and time again, uh, you know, for this, uh, you know, for the Disney Institute. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I started to speak to at the Disney Institute probably 18 years ago. I did my first um, closing uh, speech. We bring down the groups from various companies in the world to learn about service, learn about leadership. And uh, we take them on field trips and we just try to, you know, kind of open the, the book and say, here's how we operate our business. Um, if you can take any of these tips and tricks back to your companies and implement them, then go for it. And uh, so the, the great thing was I didn't realize this is the, the thing about getting involved in things. It, I, I realized in hindsight that I've been training to go out and do, you know, run my own company and do speaking and consulting for 18 years. I got to train through Disney Institute and go talk to these groups and hone my message. And um, the fun thing about it was I just got to go in and talk about my job. You know, so it's, it's not like I needed a script because I'm so passionate about what I do. And uh, there's probably four areas that I share in all my speeches with Disney Institute. This this is how I kind of ran my business. Um, there's uh, there's there's four things. The number one thing is talent, and we talked about that earlier. Hire the right people. Make sure you have the right people in the right jobs. And if you do that, that's 90% of your job is done. Because when you get the right people in the right jobs who are talented, have the right attitude, um, they just make great things happen. And when you don't have the right person in the job, you end up doing the job for them, and your job, your life gets twice as complicated. So uh, talent selection is incredibly important. Uh, the three other things are building relationships with people. Um, I was very uh, – I, I had a lot of intention around how I built relationships. I made sure I was visible in the park. I made sure I went to the cast cafeteria often by myself to meet new people. I made sure I was accessible. I made sure I knew my direct reports individually and, and, and knew how to kind of help them get their jobs done. And that was a huge part of the job was investing in relationships, setting clear expectations for performance. I don't think we do that enough is really tell people, just give them clarity on what success looks like and exactly what you expect from them. And at a place like Disney, I think when people work there, we just assume you know what you're supposed to do because we're Disney and everyone knows what we represent. But I think we underestimate sometimes being very clear on how we think about success, how we want people to communicate, how we look at development. And then the last one is reward and recognition. Uh, You've you got to reward and recognize people. When they're doing what you expect, you have to reinforce that behavior. And it's, it is, it's personal. Some people love to be recognized in front of a group. Some people like to be you know, just recognized one-on-one. Some people like a handwritten card. Some people like a gift certificate. Put your money where your mouth is. You know, everyone's different. But uh, if you can get the right talent, build a, a trusting relationship with them, set clear expectations, and reward their performance when they do it well, that's a formula that you get great results from individuals and teams. 
Well, definitely. And like you said, it's one of those where those are the key elements that one made you successful, you know, working your way through the Disney company all the way up to vice president of the Magic Kingdom. And of course, as you said, going out and speaking on your own and things like that. Now, before we, you know, go into the future and what the future might hold for you and things like that, I guess in looking back and looking at how Walt ran things, and then you also look at, you know, going on to the many different regimes at Disney, uh, no matter what it was, the Eisner days, you name it. Have you ever looked back and kind of studied what everyone did? and kind of pulled little elements or pieces that you realize these are good elements to work and other things where you're like, this is where I need to improve and, uh, you know, kind of keep pushing that envelope forward. Uh, Absolutely. I think when you talk about people, about their values and their management style, their leadership style, we don't, you don't make that up. You just don't sort of get born and know what those are. Um, I think you have certain things ingrained in you. If you're an extrovert, you're an introvert, you love service, you, you're good at strategy. You know, there's certain things that are you know, wired into us. But um, I've learned over time, every, if you're observant and you're curious, uh, every boss I've worked for, I've taken a couple things that I really thought they did well and I wanted to incorporate into my leadership style. And I've had bosses where there's things that I realized that I didn't want to incorporate. And, you know, we're not all perfect. And we try to take the best and incorporate those things. And as time goes on, that's how we, you know, develop who we are. And our parents influence who we are, our friends, the people we hang out with, the people we work with. And, uh, and over time, they, they mold us. And if you can be aware of that and, 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 uh, and think about that and connect who you want to be with actions and behaviors, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of practical behaviors. You know, when people say they're really passionate about something and they believe strongly in something, that doesn't mean much to me. I, you know, I hear that. It's compelling. But I say, okay, I, I don't care what you believe in. What do you do? What do you actually do every day? You know, if I say I believe it's really important to be out and, and know my cast members and respect them and show them I'm interested, well, then if I never go out and walk around the park, then I really don't think that's important. I may say that, but we really need to be held accountable by our, our actions and behaviors. And I think I've observed that over time, and that's how I've developed who I am. Definitely. You know, and like you said, that is the kind of thing where it is important, you know, picking and choosing and molding it. And of course, not being, I guess, in so many words, being a hypocrite, you know, you are practicing what you're trying to put in motion. And I guess with that here, you know, of course, all right, before I get that far, I got I got to steer away here. All right. When you're out walking around the parks, what is your absolute favorite food in the park? Boy, my favorite food. Well, something I would go get uh, um, fairly frequently I would go to Cosmic Rays, and I got the falafel burger, and I'd go to that awesome topping bar and just load that thing up, lettuce and tomatoes and pickles and jalapeno peppers, and that was a that was a great lunch. I'm not a vegetarian. I love steak. I love meat, but there's something about that falafel burger. I guess uh, when you ate it, I, I was able to eat fries and not feel guilty uh, about eating a burger. But uh, that was that was a good one. <laughs> and I guess, and, and on the flip side too, you know, aside from the burger, what is the most uh, reaction you've either gotten from guests or your own personal reaction as the, you know, most unique, fun, flavorful Disney dessert when you're at the park? Hmm. Gosh, uh, there was, we tested out, uh, this past summer, um, pretzels that had, um, um, chocolate inside them. We we're selling those in Tomorrowland, and it was like nectar, <laughs> and people really loved those. You know, there's the, the, the standard go-tos. You have the churros, and you have the Dole Whips, 
And uh, obviously, people always, you know, crave that, and it's a good traditional thing. But we test out things along the way. So we got a pretty good reaction from that. And then obviously, we, we, we're in the, the cupcake business in a big way. We've been doing that for a few years now. And we use cupcakes to celebrate all kinds of different characters and Mickey's birthday and things. And those seem to go really viral. Maybe not as much of how they taste, but how they look. And people seem to really uh, resonate with that. Very cool. You know, I, I myself, I love different kinds of things. And of course, one of the minor things that I always associate with the Magic Kingdom, actually, is just the strawberry bar. That's it. Something simple and easy like that. Now, I guess before we move on to, you know, your next things into the future, the one last thing I think I need to touch base upon here, and this isn't necessarily about a management style or anything, it's just, when are we ever going to see a nighttime parade once again? At the Magic Kingdom, because, you know, of course, the Main Street Electrical Parade, always magical. You can't go wrong with something as classic as that. Spectral Magic was truly magical, I feel, as well, from the music and the score. Is there something planned? I know you can't give away too much, but is there at least something planned, possibly, in the future? Well, what I can tell you is, uh, when I left, we were certainly looking at the 50th uh, that kicks off in 2021, and we're looking at everything, all our offerings, fireworks, parades. Um, we're looking at every entertainment. And I can tell you that uh, the nighttime parade is, is, is on the docket of something we're looking for. Um, when I left, we hadn't decided yet, so I can't tell you whether it's going to come back or not. But I think uh, it's got a lot of potential. Uh, it creates a great environment at night there, and it also helps out with the, the exit. Um, you know, if you can, if you can, from an industrial engineering standpoint, if you can slow down people from leaving at night and meter them out um, over time, it's a much better experience and our transportation can handle them. So there's probably a lot of good reasons that we should bring back a uh, night parade. And um, like you, I will be listening intently to the podcast and find out what they decided since I'm now, uh, I don't have that email distribution list anymore. <laughs> well, and it's one of those elements where, you know, I've talked with so many people over the last 10 years, you know, and doing all these different kinds of interviews, talking with people, whatnot. The one thing people always remember is watching the fireworks and then the nighttime parade. It is just a staple. Even my children still talk about missing that parade. Now, I guess moving on, you know, you moved on from the Magic Kingdom. You're going on and about. You have your own website now. And I guess what does the future have to hold for you as well? Yeah, we. Um, I, I just went in a whole other direction, and it's uh, it's still a little surreal for me. But uh, my wife and I decided that you know what, our skills and our experiences, and we are going to go out and do our own thing and have some flexibility, and just see where that leads us. So um, I launched my website a couple weeks ago. It's dancockrell.com. Uh, I do um, keynote speeches. I do some consulting. Uh, I'm doing some some things on the side with uh, this idea of a virtual chief operating officer, so smaller companies who don't can't afford a COO full-time. If they need someone to come in and just kind of look at their business and, and share some thoughts, um, I'm available to do that. Um, I'm headed to uh, Croatia at the end of this month to go spend a week with a hotel company there who's growing quickly and wants help with their organizational structure, and I have some speeches lined up. So it's ramping up slowly, but uh, – it's 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 really neat because I get not only to go speak about what I know about, but I get to learn from these incredible startup companies and these entrepreneurs. And you know we're fairly insulated at Disney, and because you spend your whole day focusing on the the millions of people coming through. So I'm just uh, learning kind of a new world here. And as I would tell people, uh, development and learning is a big deal for me. So on my website, um, I have an article of the week subscription. Um, I've been doing that at Disney for 18 years. 
sending out an article of the week every week to my leadership team, and it's just food for thought. An article I read that I thought was really interesting or in, in, um, in, intuitive, and uh, so I send it out. And I'm continuing to do that now. So if people want to sign up, um, they'll get an article from me. They'll get a, a little quote for the week. They'll get my take. I do a little couple paragraphs on why I think the article is such such a something to to some insights and then a really well-written article there. Some of them are about balance. Some are about communication. Some are about dealing with conflict. Uh, they're they're kind of all over the place, but I think it's an opportunity for people that maybe they can get one little nugget that they can implement in their job or in their life. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's what life's about is continuous improvement every day, getting a little better. Very cool. You know, and it's the kind of thing where everyone's going to be able to benefit from it, you know, reading these articles, whatnot. And, you know, like you said, somebody's going to get better. And of course, you know, you're moving on to, you know, fun new ventures, things that are different. You're not being insulated from Disney and who knows where the world is going to you know, take you and, and whatnot. So I guess in closing here, you know, it was our pleasure having you, you know, stop in, chat with us, take this trip, you know, in the past, the future and so much more. Now, I guess in closing, the one thing I always love to ask everybody is for all the listeners out there, people whose lives you've touched by being you know working from the magic kingdom to all the different positions you've held all the people that have had a chance to experience all the magic that you you know you're you're one cog into that wheel to help make all that work as well what would you want to leave out there for all those listening in as words from dan um i would tell people that um um get up every day and find a moment during the day just for maybe a minute or so and just be grateful uh we we have uh in the United States, um, you know, we always worry about the future and we worry about the past. And I think sometimes we just don't slow down to realize how much we have. And I did that constantly when I was working, just being grateful that I had so many talented people around me. And I do that now to know that I got this great family around me. And uh, it's easy to take things for granted. And uh, if you do that, you're going to be a lot happier. You're going to appreciate it, and you're going to get. You're going to have much more to give others. Very good. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, Dan. Everybody, definitely check it out. You know, dancockerel.com. Go there. Check out his website. We'll have a link on our website as well. And uh, you know, from all the magical years, all the listeners, everybody tuning in whose lives you've touched. Thanks once again for all the magic you were able to bring to all of us as well. And you know, wishing you the best in your future endeavors. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the exposure and the chance to talk to everybody, and uh, I appreciate you having me on.
Hello everybody, it's Frank bringing you another Disney Quote of the Week. The year was 1991, Dan Cockrell was preparing for his final exams at Boston University, hoping he had taken the right classes to graduate. A few weeks later, he walked proudly across the stage in his cap and gown and was handed his diploma. Thirty days later, he arrived at the Walt Disney World Resort for his Disney College program and picked up his Epcot parking costume. This was only the beginning of Dan's journey. For over 20 years with Disney, Dan has worked at Disneyland Paris, Epcot, the Walt Disney World Resort, and Magic Kingdom Park in many different roles. Over that time, he has worked for and learned from excellent leaders and highly talented cast members. Dan stated, Your career is just a piece of your total life, and balance is essential, but it all runs together. Here are my 11 tips for success in life. I will not say that this list is exhaustive or even right, but it is important for happiness and success, in my opinion. Number one, get as many diverse experiences as you can. Join a club, read magazines, walk around, volunteer. Do things that have no payoff. It will improve, improve your ability to adapt to a changing environment and be creative in your approach. Learn to communicate and influence. It, it doesn't matter what you study. Learn how to organize yourself. Figure out how to process information. Learn how to work with people and in groups. Embrace technology. Learn what your talent is. What is ridiculously easy for some is excruciatingly difficult for others. Travel as much as you can. And be a bridge. Have many different groups to associate with. Be open. Learn how to manage your time. Learn to appreciate and respect people every day. Nobody gets through life on his or her own. We all need a lift from someone. Seek out and accept help wherever you can get it. Number 10, don't procrastinate. And number 11, be thoughtful about what things you're going to use to measure your success and happiness. While it's true, Disney and the Magic Kingdom Resort will continue, prosper, and change and evolve. But there is one thing for sure. Walt Disney has some big shoes to fill. Well, that's all the time I have this week, D-Heads. Drop me a line. I have an official email address. Tell me what you think. What are some of your favorite Disney quotes? Until next week, D-Heads, have a magical week. So, you want to hear more about our Disney Resort hotels? Well, you came to the right place. You won't believe all the magical benefits you get. With more than 20 fun hotels, you get to pick your theme. You'll find the one that's perfect for your perfect Disney dream. We'll get you so excited that you'll never want to leave. The list of things to see and do is too much to believe. It's true. When you're staying at a Disney Resort hotel, the fun never ends. There are water sports, all kinds of sorts that fill the seven seas. Restaurants for bon vivants, such fine amenities. Since your resort hotel can be so near a Disney park, you could play all day with Mickey and see fireworks and dark. You want to spend even more time in a Disney theme park? Well, listen to this. Stay right here with us and then you'll get some magic powers. Extra time inside the parks, we call it extra magic hours. These extra magic hours happen every single day. It's all complimentary and extra thank you for your stay. Hey, check this out. 
It's called a magic band. Another cool perk you get when you stay in a Disney Resort hotel. We'll give you each a magic band. Wear it on your favorite hand. Having up the fun when you're on the run. Your magic band will get it done. Just pick the color best for you. Orange, yellow, green, and blue. You can open up your door. Use it at a store. You think that's cool? Just wait, there's more. That's right. You can even use your magic band at our Fast Pass Plus locations. What's Fast Pass Plus, you ask? Come on, I'll show you. You've got so much to do. You need the perfect perk for you. To get down your weight, make a Fast Pass date. We'll help you get on through. It makes your stay a treat. Reserve that meet and greet. Come on, get it now. Make your trip a wow, it's sweet. And you know what else is sweet? As a guest of a Disney Resort hotel, you get first access to Fast Pass Plus service up to 60 full days before you check in. Flying into Orlando Airport? Then you get to experience Disney's Magical Express service. We can pick you up with our airport bus. Drop your bags and you at your doorstep. Plus, with the drive off your mind, leave your worries behind. Transportation, it's on us. Even after you get here, take a monorail or a boat or bus. There's no fee, no charge. There's no mess, no fuss. With the drive off your mind, leave your worries behind. Transportation, it's on us. So we're all set. We hope you'll be joining us soon at a beautiful Walt Disney World Resort Hotel. Zippity doo dah, come down and play. We've got magic every night, every day. Plenty of fun times heading your way. Yes, you're gonna love this. Nothing beats a Disney Resort Hotel. It's a wonderful stay. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fun romp and a kickoff into summer and so much more. It was a great, fantastic show, and especially going into the Magic Kingdom. All the future projects and so many other things, and I want to extend that very special thank you once again to Dan Cockerell stopping in here this week with all those great stories, memories, look back, words of wisdom, and so much more, and we wish you the best of luck into the future. Thank you, Dan, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D-team. Without the D-team, there'd be nothing more than me going blah, 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 blah every single week. So I'd like to extend that thank you once again to Dominic, Charles, Frank, and Aaron all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. You do help make the show exactly what it is. And remember, you can connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. And finally, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. I know we were off on a hiatus. We've been kind of up and down lately, and you guys know that we try our best to get a show out every single week. So I want to thank you, the D-Heads, for sticking in there with us, making it special, making it magical, and making us what we are for almost eight and a half years 
here at Diz Radio. So next week, we are still into summer, kicking off that summer vacation into June. So many great things, a lot of stuff coming up, like Boy Scout camp, going on those family vacations, road trips, you name it. It is fun and great. So before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week for the next week's show, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Diz Radio. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Diz Radio Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can also get mentally fit, healthy, great eating habits. Maybe it's running, martial arts, biking, playing baseball, walking the dog any form of health you can think of you can also join the Diz Ninjas on Facebook as well yes just facebook.com slash groups slash Diz Ninjas and join the Ninjas there for a lifetime of Disney healthiness you can also find us on Twitter Instagram Pinterest and many other places just search Disney on demand Disney Blue that's B-L-U or Diz Radio D-I-Z Radio all of which are going to help you find our fun magical different kind of Disney show and as I always say if you just can't wait you gotta stay connected you want to stay connected instantly all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio search Disney on demand Disney Blue or Diz Radio and hit the subscribe button right there and you can get the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, you name it. You can listen to the shows as soon as they get released for your ears to enjoy, to share it with your family or blast it in your cubicle. It is that easy. And remember, if you can't remember any of these links, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can find all these links there as well. All right, all of you D-heads, with that out of the way, next week we have a fun romp. All I'm going to say to give you that hint is think the 80s, think early 90s, and think some cheesy live-action Disney. I'm going to leave it at that. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, as I always say, because summer is fully in session, take time slow down, and never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. So definitely make those memories. Make the magic happen. And for all of you fathers out there this weekend, have a fantastic Father's Day. I know I will be enjoying it with my four children. So remember to make those memories. Head on out and head on out on the open road and have a family vacation. Until next week, all VD heads, have a fantastic weekend. Do you need a break from modern living? Do you long to shed your weary load? If your nerves are raw and your brain is fried, just grab a friend and take a ride together up on the open road. Come on, Maxie! <laughs> all in all, I'd rather have detention. All in all, I'd rather read a toad. Old man drives like such a clutch that I'm about to hurl my guts directly upon the open road. There's nothing can upset me, cause now we're on our way. Our trusty map will guide us straight and through. Roxanne, please don't forget me, I will return someday. Though I may be in traction when I do. 
Me and Max relaxing like the old days. Stand dragon breath and buddy, buddy, buddy kind so of mad. I think I may explode. Gonna see that highway, I could cry. You know that's funny. So could I just be out on the open road? Mac, or you'll be getting towed. I'm in no hurry to arrive, cause I'll be turning 65 the next time I seize the open road. Just a week of rest and relaxation. Yeah. And the odd romantic episode. Very odd. <laughs> and it's California, yeah, your boss. Look out, you dirtbags in my dust from now on. Road. It's me and little Maxie, my pipsqueak pioneer. Their party is forever whispered home. Yeehaw! Could someone call a taxi and get me out of here to Beverly Hills 90210? Oh, every day another new adventure. Every mile another new zip and I'd go with them if I could I got no strings on me I'm feeling fancy free How wonderful to be On the open road Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues Disney On Demand The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.